This is Sunday 16 Presents. Welcome to episode 23 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting, brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. Jeff Greenstein, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. This is remarkable. It's our anniversary, people. One year of doing this amazing podcast. How do you feel? I'm a little emotional, but I'll be fine. Very excited about it. It's a year. It's a year. It's 23 episodes. I mean, we timed it out perfectly because 23 episodes is a full season of television. Yes. It's the initial order of 13 plus a back nine. Yep. That adds up to 22. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I guess the pilot plus 13 plus nine. Right. Sure. It's 23. It's 23. It's all 23. (laughs) It's just 23. By the way, if you're wondering if we are mathematicians, we are. That's right. And uh, if you need help with anything, just send us a special note. So this is a very special episode. So much to talk about. We're a little late. Yeah. Getting this one out, but we have a lot to cover. This may be an XL episode. It really will. I I just want to mention one thing. It was Jeff Greenstein's birthday, everyone. And (sighs) it was amazing. I sadly missed it, not because I wanted to, but I was out of the country and uh, he will be getting his birthday present late, <gasps> but you will know soon. Uh, oh my it's gosh. very, very exciting, but happy, happy, happy birthday. Thank you, Gabe. My God. <laughs> uh, I love birthdays. I love that a birthday festival can go on and on. My it birthday is was continue. on the 21st. Yeah. We are recording this on December 1st. God knows how long the celebration That's will That's going to go on and on, believe me. Yes. So yeah, we had my birthday. We had Thanksgiving. Gabe was away in Toronto. We had to pick the winners for our limerick contest, so which much. will be coming at the end of today's show. Very exciting. So stay tuned for that. Also in the back half of today's show, our Olympus episode. <gasps> this is very exciting and sentimental to me because my first camera that I ever picked out myself was an Olympus. Love that. So lots to cover. But first, the mailbag. Dun, Let's da-da. go to the mailbag. The first one is from... Alan Perez. Now, Alan Perez corrected me in my pronunciation of his name. (laughs) I guess I had been saying Alan Perez. He said, no, it's pronounced like Shimon Perez of Israel. Here were some suggestions he had to talk about how much your camera would cost today if new. He was saying that he came across a review of the Olympus XA from 1979, which is when he bought his, $229 $229 new, which he points out is $821 in today's wow. money. Wow. For an XA. <laughs> Isn't that mind blowing? Yeah. $821. I mean, that's what you will pay for an iPhone yeah. right now, yeah. right? So that tells you that that piece of technology, a compact 35 millimeter camera from Olympus, automatic camera, was pretty much the same price as an iPhone in those days. It's really something to think about. That is crazy. Very. Yeah. Interesting. Perhaps we will cover that further. Adam Schickling wrote in, Hey guys, just listen to episode 22. One of my daily carries is the Pentax 6.7 with the 105 2.4, baby. I'm like Gabe and can't just bring one. <laughs> I usually bring a bag with that, the FM2 with a Nikkor 35mm F2, and the Olympus XA every day to work. Don't you love that? I, I love, love it. it. He brings three yeah. cameras. He works at Old School Photo Lab in Dover, New Hampshire, which has been open for 40 plus years. His handle on Instagram is Schick, 
shoots Schick like the razor. Love it. Follow this guy. Yeah, I like this definitely. a lot. Malcolm Myers wrote, this is a topic. I'm very interested in this. He said, first, I hope you got my limericks. We'll cover that a little later. Yes. He said, secondly, on show 22, you mentioned that one of the best features of an SLR is depth of field preview. I know what that is, but I never use it. Okay. So he goes on to say that his first camera did not have it. He said his problem with depth of field preview is it darkens the viewfinder, makes focusing more difficult. This was a very interesting thing, which I did not expect. Yeah. Our friend Mike Gutterman on Negative Positives even did a face cast where he talked about how to hack your K1000 right. to get it right. to use right. depth of field preview. I just want to do a little sidebar on this because a number of people wrote in about it. Let me talk about my point of view for yes. just a second. Yes. What I stated in episode 22 is, why would you use an SLR if you didn't use depth of field preview? Isn't the whole idea to see what your depth of field is, to know how much of the frame is in focus, to use depth for special portraiture effects, bokeh, our whole deal. And then I talked to my friend Gabe Sachs, who said... I don't know what you're talking about. I've never ah! used it in my life. Ever. You've I never have never used it in your it's life. It's a button that I have no interest in. It's a button. In fact... I have pressed that button and I've gone the same reaction. I've said, yeah, it makes everything dark. I'm not even going to bother with this. I've never, ever used it. And I've never purchased a camera based on the fact that it had the depth of field preview. I've said it. I am gobsmacked, <laughs> particularly because yes. your area of expertise is portraiture. So isn't the whole deal to know how much, what your depth of field is, no. what your plane of focus is? You don't care. Nope, don't care. Do you just I just shoot set for F4 or something like that mm. and I'm I'm either at F2 or F4 and if I'm feeling crazy I'll do a 1.4 but I am really at uh F2 or F4 most of the time. So you are pre-visualizing what the depth of field is <laughs> yes, going to be. Is yes. that correct? Yes, I'm pre-visualizing. I don't need no stinking machine. I just do it in my head. I mean, my mouth is dropped open. I'm having trouble speaking because I am so surprised. Like, I thought this was something everybody did. No. In fact, you brought it up and I didn't want to get you upset, so I didn't bring it up myself. I'm stunned. Yeah. For me, the when I moved, you know, I moved back and forth to rangefinders. The thing that I miss about rangefinders is being able to tell, really, what your plane of focus is going to be. This is very interesting. I want to hear more from you guys. This may come up in subsequent emails. Do you use depth of field preview? The response to uh, Gutterman's face cast was, nobody does. <laughs> nobody does. Yep. My God. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, crazy. on we go. Yes, on we go. Trev Lee. We love, love Trev. Trev I got to just once again say, Trev Lee, who is the, as we've said, among other things, is the social media voice of the darkroom, but he's such a gifted photographer. My God, the pictures he has been posting from his travels over the last couple of weeks, phenomenal. Yeah. He said, loved episode 22, wanted to share my Pentax experience with you two. My third ever film camera and the first ever medium format camera I owned is the Pentax 6.7. Back when I lived in Yosemite, Phil Steble, the darkroom owner, sent me a 6.7 to try out. Seven years later, he still has it. He kind of inherited it. Wow. And if he ever asked for it back, I'll be sure to buy it from him because it has a lot of sentimental value. He brought it everywhere, did half dome with it, El Cap, took it backpacking, took it back 
backing. Oh my gosh. And still uses it often. While I have shot with the 55, I only have the 105 2.4, which is one of my all-time favorite lenses, especially for portraits. But in general, it worked really well in Yosemite Valley. And he attached a bunch of his favorite landscapes and portraits, which are beautiful. He says he also has two Pentax Auto 110s which unfortunately don't work. But anyway, he said, I don't know if I'll ever own a number of Pentax camera, but would love to get the 75 2.8 one day. Isn't this interesting? People who haul their Pentax with a 105 (laughs) around. But if he's saying in Yosemite too, so he's, it's not like me going, oh my gosh, it's so heavy as I'm walking 16 feet. He's going, I'm trekking. Like he's trekking with this camera. It's really impressive. Yeah, unreal. Unreal. Anyway, Trev, thanks for the email. I just want to mention Nicholas Lyle wrote, he sent us a lengthy email, which he made us promise not to read on the podcast, but he talked about a couple of Pentaxes he loves. I just want to skim through this. The ME Super and the MX. He has a Spotmatic. His only DSLR is a Pentax K5IIS. I don't know what that is. His recommended M42 lenses include the M37 mount, 58 millimeter 2.4 Asahi Kogaku Takamar. These are really not known I to me. I do not know this. Also loves the 35 3.5, 28 3.5, 105 2.8, 50 and 55 Super Takamars, which are radioactive. And he goes through some more. Anyway, this is a great email. Thank you so much, Nicholas, for writing in. So good. Anthony Rue said he really enjoyed the Pentax show. He's surprised that the MX never earned dimension. He said, in my opinion, it belongs with the OM-1 and the FM-2 in the Pantheon. Wow. Compact, bulletproof, full manual mechanical cameras. Have you used an MX? I have never used an MX. What's it like? Well, it's just like the ME Super, but without the automatic. Okay? Okay. I think we did mention this very, very briefly in passing. I had mentioned, I think, that I initially disdained the ME Super because it did not have a conventional shutter speed dial. Right. And the MX is all manual. And it's great. Okay, so yes, he's so that's a very good recommendation. Yep. I believe Anthony talked about the MX on the Camerosity podcast, which we love, by the way. Yes. He also said, you'd asked about M42 lenses. He said, I have two not as common choices that are always on his Spotmatic, the 105 2.8 and the 28 3.5. There's another vote for that. Here is my oddball Pentax tip. Find a digital Pentax K1. I have heard this is a good camera. Yeah. Someone was talking about that camera, and I've never yeah, used it. A very good tip. Get this. Do you know who else wrote in? Graham from the Sunny 16. <gasps> oh, we podcast love Graham. From the mothership. Yes. He wrote in to say, hey, Jeff, quick suggestion on the M42 mount slash terrible Fujifilm shaped hole in your life, the <laughs> Fuji ST801. Have you ever seen these Fuji cameras, the Fujikas? The ST801, ST701. Nope. I remember when these came out, these were very advanced, open aperture, electronic cameras, and I ignored them. But they look super cool, and these are are trash table cameras. Yep. I love that this is a tip. He says it's an excellent full-featured SLR, open aperture metering with great Fuji lenses. He says he does not have one, just the poor cousin 605, which I still love. Gabe, get ready. And mostly bought because it looked cool and had great typography. So, you know. He says, the 901, apparently not as good, too much electronicness. Graham, thank you for writing in, and thank you for mentioning typography. So good. John Michael Mendiza wrote in, 
said, love the last episode. Here are a few Jeff-style quickfire comments. Pentax. My first Pentax purchase was the Spotmatic F. Go, baby. And a while later, a friend of my dad gave me his F as well. The fun part is that one of them has the Asahi branding and the other is Honeywell. Oh, you see, this is your kind of thing. This oh, is it your is thing. so my kind that of thing. thing. One will have one thing, one will have the other. You need to find the the camera with the special dog on it. It's it's all your kind of thing. That's I mean, what's I want crazy. that dog camera. If anyone wants to get me a birthday present, <laughs> there are three or four of the dog cameras. Right. It's a crazy. But anyway... It's interesting because when I went shopping for a Pentax Spotmatic, I really wanted the Honeywell because my photography teacher, Richard Pilati, had the Honeywell. But they're much harder to come by. Right. He said, when looking for a 6.7, I was able to get a great deal on a body that was having mirror issues. The seller thought the contacts needed to be cleaned. All it needed was a battery. That's the biggest relief ever. I got to tell you. It's the greatest. And his recommendations for lenses, the Takamar 51.4. This is, to me, the equivalent of the Nikon 51.4. Phenomenal lens, cheap as hell. Also, the 105 2.8, another vote for that, Pentax 105. Fantastic. He also complimented us on the Dream Team shirts. He believes we need one with someone named Mike with a working man's camera. <laughs> that would be great. I want to ask you about this. Hold on one second. Yes. That 105 2.8, have you used it? Not on the M42 mount, I haven't. So interesting. I don't know. I'm just wondering how it compares. Yeah, and is it the same formulation as the 105 yeah. that we love on the 6.7? Yeah, what is it similar to the 105 Nikkor that we love on the Mi- Nikon? Right, right. That's, a, that's an interesting one. I think this is one. a subject for further investigation. Please let us know if you've used these. Yes. Theo Panagopoulos wrote, Just listened to your last episode. We asked for mail on M42 mount lenses. There are a few I particularly like in my collection, which I think you may be interested in. The Carl Zeiss Jena Flectagon 35 2.8. He has the Zebra variant. I don't know what that means. Just be careful. Not all variants work on M42 cameras. Some hit the dreaded mirror bump. Oh, boy. My golly. He also said in the Yikes. same vein, the Carl Zeiss Jena Pancolar 50 1.8. Never heard of this baby. If you like portraits, Carl Zeiss Jena Sonar 1.35 F3.5. Do you know I own no lenses wow. longer than 90? Wow. A 135. He also got the zebra stripe of that one. And then he said the basic 51.4 Pentax, very undervalued lens. He also said, I also noted you will be bringing back Marie Nikondo. Gabe, if you are being forced to do this, blink five times quickly, and I will send out the Aussie muscle to so sort it good. out. <laughs> People think I am bullying you into I know, doing it. But you're not. Marina you're Kanto. actually helping me. So I, I really appreciate it. Yes. Um, I must ask you something, which we will discuss yes. in another episode, but I just wanted to, you know, talk about it for a second. Why all the haterade for the one thirty five focal length? In, from always, from me? From everyone. Oh, from everybody. It's one thirty five. Like, oh, I you have one thirty five. No one goes, one thirty five. That's fantastic. It's just one thirty five is like, why'd they make a one thirty five? That is fantastic. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Yep. 135 seems to be one of those focal lengths we kind of dump on. Yep. 90s are fine. 105 is weirdly magic. Yeah. 135 is like, why? oh, you've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've gone too far. Exactly. <laughs> Jody Andrasi wrote, love the show. I, I'm skipping the part where people tell me how much they love us. We know they love us. Would love to get your take on 3D printed cameras. You know, we have driven past this. I think we're going to have to do a proper episode. We are talking about a road trip to see our friend Ethan Moses to talk about this very issue. Definitely. 
He said, are they necessary? Do they have a place in our camera bags? A good way at repurposing lenses of defunct formats. Can 3D printing be used to make camera parts to repair broken gears or other components? Now, I have noted that I use 3D printing to repair the goggles on my dual-range Summicron. So I think this is, yes, indeed, There's something a there. subject yep. for future conversation. Alan Perez recommended a HBO film Choice of Weapons about Gordon Parks. Have you seen this? No, and I love Gordon Parks. I've told you that. That's He's one of my I know. He, he's a huge influence on you. Yep. We're going to watch yep. this and report back. This is where he tells me it's pronounced like former Israeli Prime Minister Shimon Peres. <laughs> Rolf Tessem wrote in and talked about ZM lenses for the Leica M mount. Thoughts? I just don't know. Did you know look at them. this? It's amazing, yeah. He sent a picture with a trio of these lenses, two biogons and a sonar on his M. He's killing me with this black paint M. His I pictures can't even look are at unbelievable. It. Rolf, God, we need to have some research to do because that's very interesting. He says with his M6 Classic, he normally carries the 21, 35, and 50. Ah, oh, phenomenal. He says the 21 millimeter finder is better than anything lights or Leica ever made. Fabulous. Wow. And finally, another legend in the photo podcasting community, mm. Mark O'Brien yes. chimed in. Mark is MFO Photos on Instagram. He's a great follow. I love his photography. You know, I know him as a voice on the Film Photography Podcast, but he is a very gifted photographer. He said, I want to chime in about Pentax. I have been through many flavors of Pentax 35mm SLRs. My second SLR was the Pentax ME. Mm-hmm. He used a borrowed Spotmatic, went to the ME in 84. Over the years, the ME and their electronic-controlled brethren became hit or miss on reliability. After having looked over at least 100 Pentax ME, ME Supers, etc., while doing the FPP donation program, I can tell you maybe 60% had problems. Oh, but wow. I, his, he says, however, I have always had a soft spot for Spotmatics, has owned a Spotmatic F for a couple of years, has a 17 24, 28, 35, 50, 55, 105, 135, 200. Oh my gosh. Lenses for it. How about that? That is commitment. He says, I still don't get the hoopla about the K1000. It lacks important features, <laughs> like depth of field preview. And the later models made in China now have problems with pentaprism desilvering. Gotta love the 6x7 as well as the 110 SLR. Great show. Keep up the great work. Thanks for writing in, Mark. You're a legend. Thank you, Mark. That is the mailbag. Thank you, everyone, for writing. You can always find us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com. Tremendous. Love it. Gabe Sachs took a trip to Toronto, Canada. Yes, I did. It was amazing. Would you please give us and a bit of a recap of that trip? I can't wait to hear all about this. It, We've actually been holding off on talking about it, <laughs> so Gabe could talk about it on the show. Incredible trip. I was in the Muskokas, which is the beautiful lake region. Speak Outs English, man. Outside of uh, Toronto, a couple hours away, and I was in a beautiful place and in the wilderness and used my cameras, and I brought my Nikon FM3A because I love it, oh, which yeah. we will talk about later. Yes. But something I was very excited about, and at the suggestion of Bill Smith from Classic Camera Revival, I went to Downtown Camera in downtown <sighs> Toronto, so jealous. which used to be Camera yeah. Row. Uh, that area, and there's about, I think, four camera stores left. There may be more, I'm not sure. But Bill said that these guys were really passionate about film photography. So I went in there, 
and I was blown away. I mean, the place itself is just, it's so inviting. They have this huge wall with these beat up cameras all, you know, on the wall. I actually FaceTime with Jeff so he could see it. Yes. And you gave me a video tour. It's incredible. It so the store is great. And I spoke to Amit and Claudia there at Downtown Camera and their passion for analog photography was just fantastic. I mean, they just believe in it so much and they want to, you know, activate the community and they're, they've been trying to get, you know, Claudia spoke to, you know, some companies about getting the K1000, you know, made once again. And it was really oh, interesting. God. She was just so great. And they they just sort of were explaining that they just, you know, they encourage people to come in and come in and ask questions. And you don't have to buy anything. Just sort of, you know, talk about cameras. And they have camera events. And it's just, you know, from the top down at that, at Downtown Camera, they just care so much about photography. And they have amazing used cameras. And they may have used bags. I'm just oh. saying. But I really loved their whole attitude. And it was such a warm environment and just seeing the action going on and people looking at cameras and and you could tell there's a lot of return customers and they're, they really care about putting the right camera in your hands and not just selling you stuff. So that was really refreshing. That is cool. But you did not buy anything. How did you- know You know what? Look, what? I, I didn't buy anything. I, I was looking for fines for Mr. Jeff Greenstein, oh. um, but I did not. Uh, I did not get anything. But I, it was just I was so happy to be there. I did almost get another bag, but I, I refrained because I knew that my luggage was uh, to the brim already. But it was just fantastic to be up there, and and the thrift scene up there is incredible as well. There's a lot of pawn shops, yeah, that have cameras. There's a lot of thrift stores that have cameras, and it's a definitely a smaller community up there. You feel it, and and they yeah. were saying that. And, you know, it was interesting to learn about, you know, they couldn't get a hold of D76. A company up there manufactured a similar formula, and they're, they're doing everything they can to keep people excited about film and keep reasonable prices, and it's, uh, I loved it. That was the highlight of my How Toronto cool. trip. Yes. All right. Well, I want to talk more about your adventures with the FM3A in a minute, but since we're on the subject of camera shops, I did acquire something, mm. and at a shop I have not visited very often that I want to give a little <gasps> shout-out to. Let's hear. For our L.A. area listeners, there is a shop in Burbank called Cam Photo and Imaging. I have gone there occasionally over the years. I decided to drop in. I was sporting my Electro Spotmatic, and I was on the hunt for these M42 lenses you people keep talking about. <laughs> This is an amazing shop. I sent Gabe a picture of what they had on display there. Amazing. They had a wide lux for sale. They had, I mean, just an extraordinary number of cameras and lenses in beautiful condition. But of course, I was all about M42, baby. Show me your M42 lenses. And I saw a lens that I have actually never seen before. And it was kind of unusual. It is what? a 50 millimeter F4 macro Takamar. Never seen this thing before. Interesting. And I picked this up and I actually screwed it onto the camera because I had it right there. And it had a very peculiar, it had two aperture scales, one next to the other. Wow. And the idea is it does not have automatic aperture actuation. So what you do is you focus with it wide open. You set one of these things 
And then you turn the other one once you're ready to take the picture and it actually stops down. It's very peculiar. Wow. But the thing that was appealing to me, I love macro lenses. I actually, let me just do a little sidebar here. I am much more excited about a macro lens than a telephoto. I mean, automatically. Yeah. I like your mid-range portrait lenses, an 85 or a 90 or something. But when I see macro on a lens, I am automatically, my pulse is racing. (laughs) And so I asked the guy how much, and he said, $100. $100? I mean, why not? Why not? So I immediately, like I said, I go right to Brand Park in Glendale, where there's a little hiking trail. And I start shooting with this thing, and I notice how weird this setup is with the two (laughs) aperture scales. And I think, is this, What? I don't even know if I, it's so awkward and strange. And I do a little Googling and I discover this is a very rare lens. Oh, wow. There is an ordinary 50 millimeter F4, which is a macro lens that can magnify to one half life size. The early version, which it turns out is what I have, can do one to one. Wow. And it's worth $400. I don't think the guys, you, I like love you Cam Photo, but I don't think they knew what they had. That's amazing. So it turned my head around. I went from going, geez, I'm wondering maybe I need to return this thing to going, I want to take this thing on an adventure and shoot as much as I can. So I am still learning how to work out the rhythm of these two aperture scales, but what a find. What a, that's a great one. So LA people, check out Cam Photo. They have some extraordinary stuff. The guy that I spoke to there, his name is Henry. I believe he's one of the managers there. Unbelievably nice, great stuff. And it is a shop you can walk into and buy a vintage film camera, which we are finding is quite difficult. Yes, it's rare. What about you on the macro versus telly thing? What do you find more exciting? I think macro because I will, you know, I love close-up photography, but I've also found it's interesting the experiments you can do with macro on in portraits. You know, there's some really interesting things, you know, eyes and, you know, you just sort of just different angles and I love it. I think it's it's really cool. Telephoto, I've never been, you know, most fashion photographers are using a, you know, 70 to 200. Yeah. And and that's something that they will, you know, to compress that background, but I I'm fine with you know 105 is pretty much as far as i go yeah yeah i used to have the 100 200 canon zoom which is a lens everybody hates i used for yeah. a long time and then i just found it wasn't i just wasn't using it that much i got the 85 1.2 l lens for canon fd mount which is one right. of the most amazing lenses i've ever used and all of a sudden i just had no desire to pick up this zoom i eventually sold it for nothing right, right. like for ten dollars nobody wants that lens Anyway, let's hear from you guys. Is macro more exciting than telephoto? Just interested to hear from you guys about whether you feel the same way. Gabe, next question. Yes. Gabe and I had breakfast today. Gabe was sporting his black body Nikon (laughs) FM3A. And I want you to report back. You said that you did a head-to-head FM3A versus your Leicaflex SL. Yeah. Talk us through it. What did you learn? Well, obviously, the like of no. Um, <laughs> what, what I learned was that they're very different, and I learned that the FM3A is so much easier all around. I love the sound of the Leica Flex. I love the pictures I get from Leica Flex, but 
comparing them head to head, I really, really love the results from the FM3A. I just did. Wow. You know, I felt better about about how close I could go with the lens, especially with portraits, and I loved it. I mean, I the ease of use, and it lets me just focus on taking pictures. You know, there's not so many things. There's not things blinking at me. There's not things yelling at me. There's no alarms going off. I love it. I really, really love that camera, and I can use my trusty 51.4, which I still love. Yeah. And I really, really enjoy it. Next, I'm going to try the 85 1.4, I believe, which I got in San Francisco about 20 years ago. It was in a window. And I love it. Let me split the question for a second, just in terms of the two things you just cited. So I don't know the Lycoflex. Is that a match needle, like mm-hmm. open aperture metering kind of situation? Yep. Yep. Whereas the FM3A, I'll bet you use that in aperture priority mode. 100%. Yeah. I think it's interesting, you know, when we're talking about the difference between these two cameras, I think we're talking about user interface. Right. And I think, you know, listen, we have said this many times, an FM2N is a great camera, an FM, an FE, they're all great cameras, okay? These compact Nikons are incredible and open the universe of Nikon glass to you, which is what you want. The reason people fetishize the FM3A is because of this ease of use thing. The fact that there are real needles in the viewfinder, right? Not LED-based. Shutter speed's up to 1 4,000th. It is an uncommonly nice camera to use. Everything falls to hand in the right way. The shutter release, there's this domed shutter release that feels so good under your finger. It is just like butter. And that's what people love about it. So I totally get it. I mean, never having used a Leicaflex. But let me talk about the back half of this, because this is the part that is controversial. Yes. That 50 millimeter Nikkor, which is a lens that you can pick up for 100, maybe 100, less, less, maybe less. 65. Mm-hmm. You went head to head with a Leica 50 millimeter Summicron, totally which different. is five times as much, at least. Oh, easy, easy. And? No comparison. I mean, I just, yes, I get great pictures out of that Summicron, but. The closeness, the way I shoot pro- portraits, I get a little closer than yeah. I, I can with the other one. And I just, I, I enjoyed the cheaper 1.4. Um, and it's different because, you know, on the M6, with the, uh, which I'm now addicted to the uh, Sumalux 1.4 yeah. that was redone by our friend, yes. it is fantastic. I love it. I love those portraits. I can't get as close. But I still love the look of that. So the look of that with the 50 FM3A, I get different pictures, which I love. I can use two 50s and get completely different feels. So the focusing range on the Nikkor is significantly closer? Significantly closer. How about that? Interesting. Controversy. Yes. Controversy. Courting controversy. You would put a cheap Nikkor lens ahead of a Summicron. (laughs) Kabam! But yes, that was my experience going head to head with those. And I did portraits with my dear friend, Claire Hinckley, and we looked at the pictures and it just, I don't know. It's that Nikon. I love it. I told you when you got the FM3A, I just had a feeling this was going to become your favorite 35 millimeter SLR. You know, you and Trev Lee. I mean, Trev was like, oh, it's a a life changer. And he he literally, you know what he said to me? He said, Gabe, it's a Leica killer. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like... What's ridiculous? What are you talking about? I'll, be, I'll you know, use it and just use it yeah. like any other camera. It yeah. is, it's the ease of use where you can pick it up and shoot. 
Yeah. There's not a lot of thinking. And I, you know, I'm all for split focus. It's just a faster way of shooting for me, which I love. Yeah. I think it is one of those cameras. I know Anil Mystery is a fan of that camera. He uses it yep. for street photography. I think it is one of those cameras that people get and it fills that space of like a compact 35 millimeter, technically advanced SLR that's durable, can even work without batteries. It fills that so well that people find themselves offloading the rest of yep. their cameras in favor and of using crazy the fm 3 as it is, I'm using the, the motor. I'm using the motor. Yeah, I noticed it, and that. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. It just, you know, because there is something when you're shooting. I mean, once you get used to it, it's fine. You know, when you're taking the advanced lever, you know, yeah. out so you can meter. Yes. Right? And there's sort of a thing. With the motor on, you're not, it's already, it's automatically on. Oh. So I'm never, ever doing that. It just happens, happens, shoot, 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 shoot. So is the meter always on then when the motor drive is attached? Uh, it is. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Which All I right. Love. Fascinating. Yeah. Speaking of sexy shutter releases. Hmm. I am a latecomer to something that I think everyone else in the photographic community has kind of gotten on board with at one point or another. I have a soft release on my Electro Spotmatic. It came with a cheap plastic one. Normally, this is something I would disdain. What do you need it for? I really started to like it. And my Rolleiflex SL350 came with one standard equipment. Had a little mushroomy shaped soft release. I have found myself putting these on my 35 millimeter SLRs. I don't need it on a rangefinder, but with an SLR where there's that extra bit of finger pop you yep. need you yep. to release the shutter, man do I like it. I yeah. really like it. Now the ones I'm buying are 2 for $7 on eBay. Okay? I am not going to get some gold-plated piece of nonsense with filigree work and so I, that's How about handmade silver ones for $1000. No, I am not going um, to do that. What about the which ones are you using? Because I, I lost one that I love, that was a sort of concave rubber one, which I really, oh, really loved. It just, these it are just, these are cheap aluminum, I think, and they come yep. two to a package. They come with a concave one and a convex one, and you can get them in a bedillion different colors. I got some in chrome and I got some in black, and like I said, they come two to a package for like seven or eight dollars. They're on so Amazon. Great. It's some Chinese company, I think. Let's hear from you guys. Do you like soft releases? Have you ever used one? Yeah. I am kind of a convert, and this is very much not me, because you know I am all about like standard equipment and work your finger, man. Come on now. Right. But I like it. I will tell you what is ridiculous, though. Hot shoe ornaments. Uh, th- okay, this has got to stop. <laughs> this, the hot shoe ornament? I mean, people like, how did people buy into this? It's a hot shoe ornament? Like, is it, oh, do people walk by you and see your camera and go, you have a very plain hot shoe? I <laughs> uh, wish it was ordained with some. I mean, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And they're a fortune, just so you know. They're a fortune. They, and you know what they do? Nothing. They I, they have no function. It's not like you're going to shock yourself on the hot shoe if you touch it by accident. No, no. Ridiculous. And no one on the street is going to go, oh, look at your hot shoe ornament. Yeah, like, man. They don't know what that, yeah. No, it's, yeah, somebody write in in defense of the hot shoe ornament. It's absurd. One more little topic before we get to the Olympus of it all. I posted a picture of Paul Thomas Anderson, 
By the way, Licorice Pizza is amazing, you guys. Gotta go see it. It's my favorite of his films and probably so my excited. favorite film of the year. Shot on 35 millimeter. And let me tell you, gang, cut on 35. He went Love back it. to cut negative after digitally editing it. He is badass and a big film supporter. Anyway, there is a picture of him as part of a Variety article about him with his Nikon 28Ti, which, as you may know, is the black body sibling of the 35Ti, which I have spent many episodes of this podcast trashing. Now, yes. I'm not going yes. to do that again. Why bother? <laughs> but I did notice something. Right. Exactly. Yes. He's got his left eye squinched shut while looking through the viewfinder with his right eye. When I was taught how to shoot with a 35 millimeter camera, and then again, when I was taught how to shoot with a 16 millimeter Bolex, I was told you must keep that other eye open. Absolutely train yourself to keep that other eye open. And I made a little remark about this and people came at me on Instagram going, what are you talking about? Yeah. Gabe Sachs. Yeah. What do you do? Well, I think the person who taught you that was named Mr. Depth of Field Preview Button. I think that's who taught you that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Exactly. That is true. Um, do you keep the other eye open? No. <gasps> sometimes I do, I guess, but no, I'm mostly I'm shocked. No, I'm I really don't. I think I I think I uh, I shut it. I know we have shocked you a bunch tonight. This has been uh, I mean, it's been exciting. You know what it is? What you're hearing is that I have a certain orthodoxy that I assume everyone subscribes to, and I'm wrong, which I love. So this is another, we want to hear from you guys. Do you keep the other eye open? Or am I the weirdo, which is probably the most likely outcome? We'll keep a tally. Exactly. Yeah, I really want to know, do you keep the other eye open? Were you ever told this? I was only told- I was never told that. I never even heard that till you- I, was I just thought everyone kept their that, eye closed. That squinching the other eye, eye shut was for grandmas <laughs> with their Instamatics. Thank you. That's me. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, I'm yeah. completely willing to be wrong, but my golly. My golly. Okay. Guess what we're going to do now, Gabe? Well, you excited? Bum, ba, da, da. That's my Fred Corey sting. Go on. I have already picked a title for this episode. Even though we're going to cover a lot of topics, the title is Olympus Has Fallen. And let me tell you why. <laughs> if you look at the poster for Olympus Has Fallen, for some reason, they use the same font as the camera it's company. It's really funny. Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff showed me this. It's, it's the so exact weird. same font. So weird. It's the same font. I want to tell you, it's interesting. We've done a Leica show. We've done a Polaroid show. We've done a Pentax show. Does that bring me up? To, oh, we've done an Icon show. Right. Olympus is my favorite make of camera. It is oh. my favorite. And it's entirely sentimental because, as I said, the first camera I ever picked out on my own, well, we'll get to it in a second, but was an Olympus rangefinder camera. Wow. By way of preface, when you talk about Olympus cameras, the genius of Olympus was Yoshihisa Maitani, this incredible camera designer. If you were writing a history of camera design, you would talk about Oscar Barnack in the West, Yoshihisa Maitani in the East. He is a genius. The compact cameras that he designed, we're going to run through a bunch of them, but just a quick survey. The original Olympus Pen, the Olympus Pen F, which is a design masterpiece, the Olympus Rangefinders, the OM-1. This guy had such a colossal impact on camera design in the 20th century. And so many of the things we're going to talk about today came from his drawing board. He's amazing. 
my first Olympus. Okay, so I had had my Practica SLR, and then I had my Voigtlander Vito 2A, which I still have. Very nice. I wanted a, what at the time was a technologically advanced rangefinder camera with a built-in meter because I was tired of carrying around my $5 Vivitar meter. <laughs> I did all of this research. I disdained the Canon G3 QL17. I disdained the Petri Color 35. I disdained the Roly 35, and I ended up with this. Oh, what a beauty. Look at that Olympus 35 RC. This is the very camera. I have had this camera for almost 50 years. 16 years, because uh, 16 years ago. 16 years ago, I got it. <laughs> I bought this camera with $85 in babysitting money. Oh. And it has been faultless. I made a very good choice. Let me tell you a little bit about this camera, and I'm going to let you chime in. This camera, unlike a lot of cameras of the era, these compact rangefinders, it has a real shutter speed dial on top. It's got automatic and manual. Okay, you can't meter in manual mode, but you can set the lens. It's a 40 millimeter f2.8 Zwicko lens. The reason I love 40s is because of this camera. It's actually a 42 millimeter correction. The reason I love 40s is because of this. It's got shutter speed and aperture in the viewfinder. Wow. Easy focusing, great advance, feels good in the hand, very compact. It's handsome. It's got the self timer in a neat little place. It's indestructible. If you were going to say, what's the ideal starter rangefinder? Uh, this is it, baby. And they're cheap and plentiful. They're everywhere. Now, there now, are variants I, of this camera, but my golly, yeah. anyway. I've the, never used this camera, so I need to, <sighs> need to ask some questions, okay? Go for it. Really, I've never. I love how compact, just this is my impression of looking at yeah. it. I love how compact it is. And it's very cool, very stylish. How is the lens? It is lovely. You know, That's the thing great. about a 40 is it's not quite a normal lens and it's not quite yeah. a wide. It's somewhere in yeah. the middle. I it's an it F2.8. To be honest, yeah. that's a little on the slow side. Okay. Right. So you will find that you're really going to want to shoot like Tri-X in this thing. You're going to really mm -hmm. want to use faster film with it. Yep. And that yep. is how I did it when I was learning on this camera. But the lens is delightful. It is that's a great. crisp, beautiful all of the Olympus cameras we're going to talk about today have these Zwicko lenses. Olympus got into making their own lenses, and they are amazing. People still, we're going to talk about this when we get to the pens, but people still buy these Olympus pen lenses because the glass is great. It's still, to me, inexplicably underrated. Like, you won't pay as much for a Zwicko right. lens as you will for the equivalent Leica or even probably Canon right. lens. And anywhere, they're yeah. great. But this is... Loveliness incarnate. It's great. Have you ever, I before we go, camera. before we go on, have you used compact Olympus cameras, any of these rangefinders? Never. All right, then I'm going to speed through the other two that I've used. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, no, So this I'm, is the yeah, RC. This is fascinating. This is so cool. Roughly around, this is 1970s. Roughly around the same time, they came up with an upgraded version of this called the 35RD. Okay, it's slightly larger and it has a better lens. It's got a 1.7, so very, wow. very fast for a camera of this vintage. Same deal, shutter priority automatic or full manual. It's a little chunkier, a little bigger. It's right. about the size of a Leica CL. I had one. I had a, this, the one that I had, the shutter eventually gummed up. I had to have it serviced, then it gummed up again. I eventually gave it as a gift, uh, cleaned it up and gave it as a gift. I 
brought the 35RD as a backup on a three-week cross-country trip where the primary camera was a 30, was a uh, Canon EOS 5, okay? Right. The right. EOS 5's command dial failed on the first day of the trip. Oh, you're kidding. So the first day the of the worst. trip. So I had to shoot the entire three-week trip with one lens on one a fixed lens camera. The pictures are amazing. Yosemite, oh, great. Yellowstone, the Redwoods, Abilene, Texas, Amarillo, Cadillac Ranch, all across this great land of ours with Fuji Superior 400 and a 35RD, and the pictures are amazing. It's a great camera. What a great story. That's yeah. so cool. Amazing. Finally, before we move on, it's sibling is the 35SP. Do you know about this baby? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Now, people love the SP, okay? The 35SP is very similar to the 35RD. They have the same lens, but it has, oh my God, guys, spot metering. (laughs) Now, that's pretty extraordinary, okay? Spot metering on a fixed lens combat rangefinder. I had one. I used it for a while. I found I wasn't using it much. I liked the RD a little better. The SP is a little bigger than the RD. Now you're getting into the size that is getting close to what an M3 would be like, okay? Right. But they are great. All of these, there's also the 35UC. There's the 35SPN, 35DC. There's a lot of siblings in this range. What they all have in common is great Zuiko glass, varying exposure systems and stuff, but compact, hardy, great to use, fantastic cameras. The Trip 35 is a sibling- Right. This is all like what between 1970 and 1980. Got it. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of people. Production. You know, Very love cool. the Trip 35. You ever shot a Trip 35? Yes. 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 yes oh yes. yeah. The yeah. Trip. Thir- you know, the Trip, which is a point and shoot, is another sibling to these cameras. Okay. The Trip 35 is as if you made a 35 RD completely automatic. Again, great lens. People love their trips. They don't need batteries because they have that. Right ring around the lens we love that yep they are great have you wait before we keep going okay of no other olympus camera that you've owned besides the om1 which we're going to get well you have to remember the funny thing is until we started talking cameras seriously i had to look through my cameras to see if i had an om1 and remember Uh, i had that old beat up thing that i never even picked up ever for years and years and years and that's the one that i had um overhauled wow which i love But no, right. I just this is was all new to me. These are wonderful cameras. They are wonderful starter cameras, student right. cameras, throw it in a bag camera. I swear, if I did not have a Leica CL, this would be getting a lot more use because yeah. the lens as 40s go is every bit as good. That's Check great. out these Olympus 35 series cameras. You already know the Trip 35 is great. I actually think they're kind of overpriced for what they are now, but they're great. Gabe, I'm afraid we're going to now have to talk about half frame cameras. Oh, my goodness. My favorite format in the world. Now, you have one. You have one. We talked about this. You dug an Olympus pin, I think, EE out of your dusty box of cameras. very dusty and broken, and I I think it was my dad's. I'm pretty sure it was my dad's. I've never used it because, once again, I want the whole cookie. I don't want half a cookie. I say this over and over again. I know, but I told you. I just... I, so you're going to get 72 tiny little pictures. Yeah. Or but. 70. Okay. <laughs> I am going to jump in right now with the counterpoint. Okay, go. Have you ever seen a book by Billy Name? 
the Warhol factory guy mm-hmm. called All Tomorrow's Parties. Have you ever seen no. this photo book? No. Guys, take a look at this book. Billy Name was a Warhol factory hanger-on in the 1970s. He shot exclusively with an Olympus Pen FT, which we're going to talk about in a minute, with a flash on camera. These pictures are amazing. And these are with the color stocks of the day. Not even contemporary color stocks. They're half frame and they're gorgeous. The Velvet Underground documentary, all of those color pictures you see of the Velvet Underground behind, those are Billy's photos. Oh, wow. If you want to see what this camera can do with these lenses, even though it's half frame, take a look at that book, All Tomorrow's Parties by Billy Name. The Olympus Pen was a breakthrough design. It was a half frame camera and it was named the pen because the idea was you should be able to toss it in your pocket or purse just like you would a pen. It's beautifully engineered and it launched a slew of Olympus Pen cameras and I'm just going to run through them really fast. There's the original pen. I also had the Pen D3, which was an advanced all manual pen with a built-in meter where you can the meter's on top and you can set shutter speed and aperture individually. I had the Pen EF which has built-in flash, the Pen EE, which is all automatic, the Pen EE3, which is my favorite on-set camera, which is a point-and-shoot with a great glass lens. All the Olympus pens are great. They are very durable. I bought a box of Olympus Pen EE3s on eBay. The guy had probably used them. Yeah, it was a box of them. I think the guy was like a photographer who took portraits like at circuses or fairs or something. Right. And he used Pen EE3s exclusively because you get twice as many shots on the roll. They are great. And so durable, point-and-shoot loveliness. I have a photo I took when we shot the Will & Grace 100th episode in Central Park. I had a Pen EE3 in my back pocket. I pulled it out, shot this thing. I've had it blown up to 16 by 20. You, I defy you to find any difference between that and a standard 35-millimeter negative. Incredible. But then we come to the masterpiece of them all. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, the Pen F. You have never used this. Am I correct about that? You're correct about it. Gabe. I know. This is a design masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Same size as a Leica M3. Right. Gorgeous. This is the pancake lens. It is a 38 millimeter F2.8 pancake lens, which in half right. frame, roughly... 50 something so it's a great normal lens how are you looking through it oh it's an slr but it has no pentaprism because my tani is a genius did you know that about this camera this is an slr what you are looking through the taking lens i know it doesn't look like that it's got the shape of a rangefinder look at this metal shutter the shutter is rotary like in a bolex it rotates it is incredible. You are looking through the taking lens. Ah, oh. and it's a half frame. And it's a half frame. I'm sorry. I mean, that <laughs> is a badass camera. I it have really is FT. a cool looking camera. That is a really really cool looking. It's camera. It's an SLR. Did you not know that? That's I the best that. thing no. of all. What other S? Look, there are other SLRs that don't have pentaprisms, but this is the best one. It's gorgeousity and i will tell you the lenses they made for this camera are tremendous people buy these up on ebay to use on their mirrorless cameras who is a person who did that jeff greenstein is a person who did that this (laughs) is the olympus pen digital note the resemblance yeah that is pretty great 
They're exactly the same size. They tried to emulate the design. It's gorgeous. I use the rarish 38 millimeter F 3.5 macro when I am digitizing film. Look at that macro, baby. That's this impressive. This is a phenomenal lens. I have the 25 millimeter, which is a medium wide, the right. standard 38, the 38 macro, a 40, and the 60 millimeter F 1.5. Gabe. Oh, wow. I use this as a portrait lens on my Micro Four Thirds camera, and it is incredible. A 1.5. Wow. The Pen FT I'm impressed. I'm is impressed. still inexplicably undervalued. I think it is great, and the lenses are great. Okay, that concludes the Pen F. Guys, it's one of my favorites. Now we come to a camera. I realized the other day, Gabe, the entire I Dream of Cameras team owns this camera. So All four exciting. of us. What it's camera so is that, Gabe Sachs? That would be the Olympus OM-1. I Tell love me it. a little bit about your OM-1. So again, I knew not much about the camera until you. And it's something I picked up and I was so fascinated. The first thing you feel is the size of it. And you're going, this is really perfect and compact. And and then I looked up about the design and, you know, he was very aware of Leica and he was very aware of that size and, and which fascinated me. So I go, okay, if this guy is putting so much time into the design of this thing and the quality and on and on, I've got to start using it. And I took it out and used it with my friend Dana Melanie and we just spent the day shooting with it. And it was incredible. I loved yeah. the 50. I love the 85. You I mean, bet. I just think it's just the lens quality is great. It gives you a real film feel. I think all those lenses give you a real film feel. So you get that sort of, you know, depth. And it, it's just beautiful. I just loved them. So I did a lot of portrait stuff with them. And then uh, Fred Corey, our amazing musical genius, he just shot his first two roles and were great. And he really loves the camera and wants to keep shooting and he's learning from it. And it's just, it's great. Yeah. Keith Greenstein has one and is, I gave him one as a gift. He is absolutely in love with it. And it has gotten, it has been a great gateway drug for him into film photography. He's now talking <laughs> about buying a compact because he enjoys oh film photography so much. That's the what OM1, happens. Look, we have rhapsodized earlier about the Nikon FM3A. It's great. But if you were looking, I don't believe there is a better starter camera than the OM1. No way. I just think those lenses, the viewfinder, we don't talk about this enough when talking about these cameras. It has a virtual, it's very close to 100%. You are seeing exactly what is going to appear right. on your film. It is bright and beautiful, very good metering system. The only thing you're going to have to get used to if you're coming from another camera is the shutter speed on the barrel. Maitani believed right. that all of your controls should be on one axis, that you should not have to reach to the top of the camera, that it's focus aperture shutter speed all right. on the same axis and that's sensible and if you train yourself to use it you quickly come to understand that actually is smarter it's it a takes better way a little of getting used to but it really once you have it it's makes yeah total sense to close this out i did talk briefly about the pen f digital which i enjoy but right. i am 
to be honest, I occasionally go out and shoot portraits with it, but I am really using it primarily as a digitizing apparatus, which I know is ridiculous, but I do love it. And it's going to be interesting now that OM, the new OM system, as right. Olympus has reconstituted itself, we're going to see what they do. There is talk of a new Pen F, which would be great. We'll see what the future is for this legendary camera brand. To close this out, the other camera I can't get out of here without mentioning is the Olympus XA. Now, the XA, I went through the whole range of the XA series. I started with the original XA, which has a rangefinder, and ended up with the XA4 macro. It is my favorite compact <laughs> slip-it-in-your-pocket camera. And you have one now, right? I do have one. You get amazing results out of it. I've got to keep using it because I love just... the size of it. I completely love it. I just... Uh... Yeah. I'm so dependent on that, uh, the focusing and all yeah. that stuff. It is, it is another Maitani masterpiece. It is has this beautiful kind of lozenge body that with this built-in lens cover so you can really slip it in a pocket without worrying about like taking a lens cap off or something. Right. They are incredible. And unfortunately, people have realized this, so the prices have gone up. But They have really they, gone up crazy. Yeah. But XA, particularly the XA4, sadly, it's harder to come by, but they're great. My brother Steven bought one, and he's enjoying it very much. You do have to get used to the fact that it's scale focus. But yep. with the wide-angle lens, I believe it's a 28, if I'm not mistaken. Come on. It's so forgiving. I mean, it's right. great. Now, let me ask you a quick question. I know I'm going to go backwards for a second. Yeah, that's okay. But let me ask you about the Olympus 2 and the 10 and the... Like what? What went on there? Because I don't. Oh, I everyone don't says, "Oh, it's all about the OM one." Everyone says you got to get the OM one. You know the OM two, the OM ten, the OMG, the OM. The, the OM, There's. I mean, there's a lot of cameras <laughs> right. that followed, and they all have merit. They're great. The there is a basic kind of elemental, almost kind of Nikon F quality to the original right. OM one. It has no bells and no whistles. It's not automatic, yep. and. I love it. I've never wanted any other Olympus SLR. I did briefly look at the yeah. OM3 Ti, mainly because it's rare, and it is the last of yeah. the fully manual OM series. But the OM1, as originally constituted to me, is perfection. It is beautiful. I love they it. They just got it I right the it. first time. They are great. Yep. That concludes our brief survey. Actually, a pretty comprehensive survey, as it turns out, of Olympus, because I realize I have probably owned more Olympi than any other camera, now that I'm talking through. That's impressive. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from you guys. Do you like Olympus? Do you disdain it? Or do you have favorites? We would like to hear from you. And now, oh my God, Gabe, the moment has arrived. The uh -oh. moment has arrived. <laughs> as you know, we had a, oh a contest to celebrate our first anniversary, as it turned so out. So exciting. We love that. We may do we that every year. Yes, I think we may do that. Though we may be smarter about certain things, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> the challenge we put to you was compose a limerick where the last word is a camera brand. Now, here's what I learned when you put such a challenge before the teaming masses. First of all, some people do not know what a limerick is. <laughs> no, they don't. No, not that they're not entertaining. There were no, they were very entertaining. Very entertaining, but yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I learned is that a lot of people associate limericks with filth. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And we got a lot of filthy ones. We did get some filthy ones. And we were very entertained 
but we are a G-rated podcast. So <laughs> just to let you guys know, the filth was very much appreciated. <laughs> that's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's really all we can say. Um, I want to preface this. This is really indulgent, guys, but I wrote a limerick to show what a limerick is, and I'm going to read it. This is really self-indulgent, but I wanted to illustrate to the teeming masses what a limerick is, and so I wrote one because I knew no one else would pick this camera brand. Here it is. In the village of Tegucigalpa, the fear and the tension were palpa, bull. Despite this, I chatted with a girl, slim and hatted, and then she made off with my alpa. Ta-da! Huh? Fantastic! Look at that. Little, how you little uh, Sondheim esque oh, yeah. internal you rhyme little, there. Uh, yeah, huh? you played with the medium, as they say. I did. That was the sample. Now we're going to come to the winners. Oh, boy. we have five prizes. Five. Prize number five. The fifth place winner. I don't even like to say it that way. We'll just say they're all winners. They're you're all winners. Everyone is a winner. We had over seventy five entries. Yep. I mean, you guys are amazing, and thanks to everyone who participated. Here are the winners. If you hear your name, please email us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com and send us your address so we can send you your prize. This prize, the Instamatic X45 in the original box, I wish every happiness to the person who wins this because you're going to have to figure out what to do with this thing. Maybe (laughs) buy some vintage 126 film on uh, eBay. Who did that go to, Gabe? Do you dun, want me to say? Dun, dun, dun. I think you're going to say this one, yes. Brian Roberts. Yay. Congratulations, Brian. Would you like me to read Brian's limerick? I want us to go back yes. and forth. because Okay. Yes, this was sorry. Brian's limerick for the X45. There once was a girl named Shannon who liked to fly fish for salmon. Her line went tight. It was quite a fight, but she landed an old rusty cannon. Fantastic. That's very good, Brian. You have won an Instamatic X45. So cool. Our next prize is the Lomo Action Sampler in Original Bubble Pack. That's correct. From you Urban Outfitters. about this, Jeff. It's amazing. From Urban Outfitters. Lomo Action Sampler Original Pack goes to <gasps> Malcolm Myers. Yeah. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. And the limerick goes like this. <laughs> there was a young man called Micah who really loved being a biker. He <laughs> loved to clown by riding around town while snapping away with his Leica. Very nice. There you Very go. Very nice. You know, I added the, you know, bica because hey, that's how listen, Malcolm you made would it say work. Bica. Okay. You made it work. Uh, Malcolm, great yeah. job. You will be getting a Lomo action sampler yes. in its bubble pack. Save it this and may go up in value. Very cool. Next up, a $50 gift certificate. A $50 gift certificate. So good. To the dark room goes to David Van Sluice. David did a great job. I don't think we got a lot of rhymes on this particular camera make. I'm going to read the limit. Here we go. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Sumacron and Sumalux entice. That buttery smooth bokeh's so nice. But though I adored it, I couldn't afford it. Now checking the prices on Zeiss. 
Yes. Now, let me tell you, that's great. And there's the internal rhyme of Price and Zeiss in that final line. David, kabam, you have won a $50 <laughs> gift certificate to the dark room. So good. So good. Um, Jeff, I think you have to read this next one, too. For obvious okay. reasons. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the prize is, this is a biggie, guys. We're not getting yeah. into the upper echelon. <laughs> a Minolta SR1. This is an amazing camera. I have read up on it since we decided to make this a prize, and this is quite a prize. It is a Minolta SR1, personally checked by me, with a working meter that attaches, <laughs> or you can cast it off because it looks awfully nice without the meter on it. Right, and of course we're saying this with no guarantee. That's right. No guarantees for any of this equipment. It's a prize. This goes to Matt Murray. Matt Murray of Matt Loves Cameras. This is the one that he sent us. Gabe was walking amongst the gladioli. He saw a yard sale and thought, holy moly. He picked up a treasure in a case made from leather, and bam, he bought his 20th roly. <laughs> That is oh, so Matt damn Murray. good. It's gladioli. So that is yeah. a sophisticated rhyme from a it's sophisticated Australian gentleman. Yeah. Well, well done. Laid. Uh, fantastic. And now we arrive, Gabe, <laughs> at what we have to consider the grand prize. Yes. The grand prize was what, Gabe? It's the Peak Design Everyday Carry Messenger Bag. And the winner is... Ladies and gentlemen. Bill 2. Very exciting. This one, I, it was a consensus favorite, I got to say. This was a verse that yeah. was so evocative that it melted our hearts. Gabe, yeah. take it away. Campari and dancing in Roma, the lass with the Vespa said phone her. The film slowed me down. She made a big frown. I caught just her back on my chroma. That's so visual. You have to see it. You can it tells feel a it. Story. Bill too. You're on Via you. Veneto. There's a yes. Vespa. It's La Dolce Vita. A beautiful girl. <laughs> you miss her because you're loading your camera. Bill, this is an exquisite work of poetry. So well, well done. done. You will be getting a Peak Design Everyday Carry messenger bag. So exciting. We had our first contest. I'm so excited. On our Thanks anniversary. Again. It's our anniversary show. <sighs> it was your birthday. This is like so much going on. I'm I'm flushed with excitement and not just because I have this orange light on me. That <laughs> Thank you to everybody who participated. We're going to make this a yearly thing. It was a total delight. Thanks for the filth. Thanks for the miscues. Thanks for not knowing what a limerick is. Thanks for a year of love and support. You guys are amazing. And my God, thank you everybody for everything that you have done to make this a great year for us. Now I'm going to ask something of you. I've only done this one other time in 23 episodes. What? Write us a review on iTunes, baby. Oh, please Come on do. now. A number of people, by the way, did their Spotify year-end wrapped thing today. Oh, and wow. gave us shout-outs on Instagram for the fact that our podcast was among the ones that they listened to the most in I 2021. I had no idea. That's so Yeah, exciting. isn't that great? That's Thank really cool. Thank you, guys. If yep. you would take the time to write a five-star, super awesome review on iTunes and talk about what you love about our show, 
it would really help because it helps people. Apparently, it helps it bubble up so people can find out about it. That's yeah, what I've love heard. That. Yep. The other thing I want to bring to your attention before we close out, and this has been an XL episode. We're at an hour 10. Okay. Go to iDream of Cameras and look at the new merch, which is flying oh, off yeah. the shelves. It's so cool. Uh, for those of you who have not been there yet, uh, my brother Keith, our graphic designer, created the Dream Team, a team of five different photographers with five different cameras. They all have personalities. As we've said, this podcast is nothing but a canard to get this animated show on the air. Go and look it's at true. them. Get the mugs. Get the stickers. Get the t-shirts. Buy them. It's Christmas time, guys. It's Hanukkah. <laughs> it's Hanukkah. Get them uh, as gifts for family and friends. I've done that. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of them as gifts for family and friends. <laughs> Check them out. Idreamofcameras.com. <laughs> What else can we say? My God. What a great, fun show. Unbelievably for fun. Us. <laughs> I want to say one other thing, and uh, Gabe doesn't know that I'm going to say this. The other great gift of this podcast has been the growing friendship I have with the man on the other end of this Zoom right now, Gabe Sachs. Oh, so I kind. love this guy. I, the year we have spent together has been amazing. I love you like a brother. You've been a great friend and a great partner, and I am so incredibly grateful for this adventure that we're on together. So thank, oh, thank you for that. You. Love you too. This has been absolutely fantastic, and the crazy uncertainty of this nuttiness that our world is in. It's been absolutely the bright light, and I am very thankful for that. It was just fantastic. Thanks for taking this ride with us. Find us on the Instagram at I Dream of Cameras. Find Gabe at Gabe Sachs. Find me at S. Jeff Greenstein. And of course, check out our website and email us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com. Love it. I, I think love we'll it. be back in a couple of weeks. We'll probably squeeze one more in before the holiday, before year's oh, end. I think so. I yeah. think so. Let's hear from and you guys about the highs and lows of the past year. What were your favorite things that we did? Right. We now have a bench of 23 episodes. What'd you love? What'd you like a lot less of? <laughs> Right, exactly. We're happy to hear, and we will disregard the stuff we don't agree with. <laughs> Just to be fair. Yes. <laughs> All right, Gabe, take us out of here. We love you guys. We really appreciate you listening to the show. Please tell your friends. You should see me and Jeff at breakfast today. Anyone who pulled out a camera out of their bag, we handed a sticker to, and we were like, please listen to our podcast. We met an amazing it's photographer this so morning. Much. She had a oh, contacts yeah. T2. That was and, exciting. And shouted us out on her Instagram. Thank you. Yeah, it was Jenny so appreciated. For yep. that, we so appreciate cool. it. And then um, the lastly, I just have to say that please, all of you, dig deep and help me convince Jeff that no one cares about Death of Feel for you, <laughs> ever. No one cares. No one uses it. It's a useless button. I don't see people going, oh, oh, that has a Death of Feel preview. I'm going to buy that camera. So please, if you can find it in your hearts to do that, that'd be very appreciated. Pen FT has depth of field preview. <laughs> See you next episode. <laughs>